So today I can't help but think of um, all of those people who don't believe in God. And I, I was questioning, what does my faith give me? And I think it gives me uh, a sense of peace, patience, hope, joy, understanding, fortitude, fear of the Lord. It gives me a reason for my hope. It lets me know that I don't have to be in control. I was reading yesterday about St. Dominic and uh, something that I read, as soon as I read it, I was like, that's going to be in the homily tomorrow. Um, but in speaking of the baptism of St. Dominic as a baby, it said, his baptism calls us to renew our baptismal promises, to reject the empty promise of this worldly kingdom, the allure of acclaim and the illusion of efficiency. To live for the kingdom requires that we too be stripped of whatever internal or external riches tempt us to think that we can rely on self rather than God. Now, for almost the last decade, I have tried to live the most efficient life possible. My daily movements are a repetitive choreography, uh, choreographed dance, as it were, because I have figured out how to be the most efficient with my time so as to be the most productive at all times, to be in control of things as much as I can to achieve the optimal outcome. How foolish I am to think that my efficiency puts me in control. The illusion of efficiency, as it said. I meet many people who lament to me in some manner, father, my son, daughter, mother, father, sister, brother, or spouse doesn't believe in God. What did I do wrong? Now this statement, or statements like these, underlie our lack of trust in the Lord. We think since we have prayed that the Lord owes us, and that we have offered enough sacrifice, uh, as it were, to, or for the Lord to owe us a conversion for the one we've prayed for. We turn God into a vending machine. We expect it to happen the way that we want it to. And we are consumed by the internal riches to think that our loved ones, our loved ones' conversion will be a direct result of our own effort. The first reading shows us that regardless of prayers or not, the Lord can affect conversion. The men who come to seek Peter are not in the flock, so to speak. And yet, before he even baptized them, they received the Holy Spirit just from his words proving that God works outside of our expectations. In the gospel, the Lord says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. These also I must lead. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, one shepherd. How comforting that even if we do not perceive the ones we love to be in the fold, the Lord still promises that he will be their shepherd, and they will hear his voice. So then, we do not have to fear. We have to give up the illusion of efficiency in prayer and the allure of a claim that we have prayed for a conversion and it has happened. And we need to trust in the Good Shepherd who laid down his life for all sheep, not just the ones who get it right, right now, but all the sheep. And so in faith, knowing the Lord guides everything by his providence, we remain faithful and hopeful in prayer that the grace needed to respond to the Lord's promptings will be there in the lives of our loved ones who do not yet believe. We continue to pray for them, knowing that the Lord will work miracles in their lives when the proper time has come. 
and we trust in the Lord's mercy, even if we never see an outward conversion in our loved ones. We pray with Holy Mother Church, who prays in the Eucharistic prayer every day for all of her children scattered throughout the world, that they may know the beauty of faith in life. And finally, we pray for ourselves that we would give up this false sense of self, this internal pride and attachment to control, and for an increased trust in not just our shepherd, but the one that calls himself the Good Shepherd and promises us abundant life and joyful life forever.